We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is up, hotties? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined as always by my two favorite co-hosts of all time, Matthew Sponauer and Theo Ash. We're back with more NFL draft analysis post-draft. Last episode, we did the AFC, and like we said, it's a really long bit. So now we're doing the NFC, and this episode will likely be just as long as the first one. So stay tuned for just tons and tons of post-draft analysis. But before we get into that, Matthew, how are you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Just working on my series, my top 10 series, and that's going to be going on over the summer here. And I'm starting with top 10 running backs. So I started that project today, and I've been looking at a bunch of numbers and film regarding running backs, trying to get my top 10 sorted out. And uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing all day so far. I saw the uh, top 10 dynamic running backs and DeAndre Swift was in the top 10. He wasn't. He's dynamic. He can't he run in a straight line. Um, <laughs> he's he's interesting because he just doesn't want to get hit and he goes east and west too much instead of north and south. But I don't think anybody is saying that he's not dynamic. He can make guys miss and yeah. he, he's he's got some really high-end talent. It's just... He's frustrating to watch because he's got all this talent and he doesn't want to take anybody on or he always wants to run towards the sideline and doesn't pick up a first down that he should p- pick up. So, yeah. But did you see who was number one, Bladen? Uh, the greatest running back of all time, obviously. That's right. It was Nick Chubb once again. Which, no one has knocked him down from his perch. No one should be surprised by that. <laughs> like the most dynamic, mm-hmm. the most efficient, like he's the best running back in football. He should JK be number Dobbins. one on your list. J.K. Dobbins coming in at number six. Ooh, I'm tempted to put him on that <laughs> list. I don't know if you I can should. do it, but I'll, I'll definitely give him an honorable mention shout out at least. But yeah, super interesting. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. Matt, how have you been? 
Good. The kitchen is finally ready in my house, so we're moving stuff hey, back in there. Got a big, go. big old countertop. Um, I'm going to go cook something right after this. Nice. And just so, uh, enjoy so the So can moment. I come over? You'll cook for me real quick? Like, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> let, let me see your HelloFresh skills, man. You keep hyping them up. Bring, bring a box. I'll see what you Some, can do. Or maybe we could have a little cook-off. I could see that. A little cook-off? Yeah. <laughs> Unfried chicken versus something <laughs> corn based, I guess. If I'm <laughs> only cornmeal, corn I make corn is mashed pasta. potatoes and corn. Yeah, that's yeah. I just and that's not exactly a, a cooking challenge. Yeah, no, it's, it's not instant mashed potatoes and a can and, of corn. <laughs> yes, and you, you make, can make them together. that in like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's why I make it. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, let's let's hop into this. I know it's going to take us a while to get through. And Theo, I, th- I figure we just start right off the bat with your Packers. Tell us, man. How do you feel? They did exactly well, what they did exactly what you thought they would do, for better or for worse. Yeah. If you were watching the live stream, we were sitting there with Christian Gonzalez available and JSN available. And those are two of my favorite players in the whole draft. And the Packers have a need at corner. They have a need in secondary, I think. Like, they've got corner somewhat figured out. But if you were to add someone to the secondary, you could move Russell Douglas to safety, and that would take care of that problem. So I think that these were both big positions of need. And I was so hopeful that they would, for once in their life, draft someone that I was really high on. And they just steadfastly refused to do that. And they took Lucas Van Ness, who I had like a a second round grade on. So I can't give them the greatest grade in the world. Like I, I am disappointed, I guess, in that. They think that Lucas Van Ness is another Rashawn Gary, really. If you remember Rashawn Gary coming out of Michigan, he was super powerful he could convert speed to power he could create knockback he was a freak athlete there just wasn't a lot of production there and there weren't a lot of pass rush moves and i think if you were to look at old draft grades there'd be a lot of low packers grades for that rashawn gary pick it wasn't a popular one including with me although i was younger at the time and rashawn gary is one of the best edges in the league now and they looked at lucas van ness and they saw the same thing like really high in power not much else versus inside out versatility, I guess someone who can really crunch the pocket and that's what they took a swing on again. And yeah, I I wouldn't, I'm not super excited. I think that there are players who are going to be better than Van Ness. I think that he doesn't look to me like someone who is anywhere near being a, a disruptive edge in the league so far. I think he needs more moves, but I guess I'm willing to hear them out and I I'm excited about all the new weapons they got whether that be Reed or Kraft or Musgrave or even DuBose from Charlotte down in the seventh round, I thought was a, a decent steal way back there. So I'm excited for it. It's it's the youngest core of offensive weapons, I think, that I've seen definitely in Packers history. When you look at Dobbs and Watson and Reed and Musgrave and Kraft. So it, it it's a draft that's got me excited for this season just because there's so many new faces who are going to be making an impact. But I wouldn't say that they like did exactly what I would do or, or knocked it out of the park by any stretch of the imagination, but I'll, they've been pretty good drafting, especially high recently. So yeah, I'll, I'll hear them out. 
I think it's fair to give them the benefit of the doubt at the very least. And it's like, well, if we, if you trust them to develop talent, especially at edge, then you're like, yeah. well, we'll just take the guy that we value as has the most talent on the board and we'll go from there. Yeah, they they developed Gary, you know, and if right. they could, if they think that they know how to bring guys in and, and teach them, then they should try, you know, if, if they think <laughs> they can do Gary again and they can bring in a guy yeah. who can convert speed to power and, and crunch the pocket and and teach him how to do that, not only consistently, but add to his bag as well. Um, I'm, I guess I'm not opposed, but not what I would have done, certainly. What do you guys think of the Packers draft? Do you, you think they they fucked it up so badly? I don't know. Um, I think Lucas Van Ness does some good stuff, and I think he'll be a good player. He would have been my pick at 13, but I don't entirely disagree. Um, I like I like them taking the shots on the tight ends. I think Musgrave is is a good project, and Kraft is interesting. I'm not the highest on Jaden Reed ever, but um, I don't know. And then after that, I thought the Sean Clifford pick was funny. That was weird. <laughs> Why did okay. they do that? I don't know. <laughs> What are they thinking? There's also like better quarterbacks to take a shot on for the sake of having a cheap backup. So, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of that pick. But like once we get down to nitpicking fifth round quarterback selections. Right. It wasn't my favorite draft, but I'm not like, wow, they got no good players or anything. And, uh, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, if they think I can develop Van Ness, fair enough. Yeah, I would definitely give it if a, I know we're not doing grades, but like I definitely give it like a C, a low C, probably. I, I yeah, C I think in that the it's nothing that it's too fine. spectacular. Not in the not yeah. in the the skewed grades that you see on the internet, where it's like a C means that you had an absolute disaster class because they won't give anybody <laughs> anything lower than that. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. I, it's like did they? I guess if if we look at it in the sense of like. The value you're getting uh, just on draft day, Van Ness is a reach, right? So, I'd, say it's the, so, yeah. I'd say it's the high end of his range. That's where I would place Van Ness at 13. Fair. I guess that's fair. I don't know. It, it It's hard because it's like, well, they have developed this before and they have done this before. So I, I don't know if that's if it's like unfair to be like, well, they reached so that therefore bad, but like. I don't know. Yeah, so I, I think one. that I think that it is a bit unfair to say like, oh, these NFL teams, there's no chance they develop these guys. There's no chance that this guy's best football yeah. is left to be played. Uh, I, I just wouldn't have valued Van Ness like that. If they if it works out, it works out. I, I just it didn't blow my it didn't blow me away. It didn't knock my socks off the the okay. talent that they got. But it doesn't mean that I'm not like that it's unforgivable or or that they didn't <laughs> fill positions of need. You're I mean, they no picked so many skill. They pick so many skill position players that right. I feel like a couple of them will hit, and that's got me excited. So that's that's kind of my thought on on the draft. But let's move on to a, a different team because let's yeah, we can talk about the Packers all all day long if we want to. Let's talk about the Chicago Bears. Bears fans have been pretty irritable. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're they're really excited with what they did, <laughs> and you know we're. I made a video saying that I, I didn't like the Bears draft because they passed on, in my opinion, and I think in all of our opinions, the best player in the class in Jalen Carter. And all Bears fans' responses have been, well, they never wanted Carter in the first place. Which so is true, they, right? 
yes, but like that's still wrong. And I and I'm al- and we're allowed to say. What do you, I mean, would you say? To, would, I, I don't I, think I, passing I, on Jalen Carter. Like I don't want to blame it's a not team like for an doing unforg- it. Like sure, it's not an unforgivable. It's not like a. Yeah, sin, I don't know. Did you like, say that about the Raiders? I think the Raiders got a better player. This is the other response. That's it's like that is the. I think that's, that's the problem the more than passing on Jalen Carter. It's, Look, it, if you aren't comfortable with Jalen Carter's like personality, I get it, dude. Like, yeah, the Georgia coaches wouldn't vouch for him. Apparently, like after the draft, there was an article that said we didn't want to release this before the draft and tank somebody's draft stock. But we talked to Georgia people, and they weren't too angry that he was out of the building. They were like, "Oh boy, like he was he was lazy. He was you know." out of shape at the combine. He yeah. was involved with a fatal car accident. Like if you looked at it and said like, man, I just think that's how you draft a bust is like, ignore all this. I get it. I just didn't love Darnell Wright at nine. I don't like passing I, on Carter is, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I don't think it's for us to say because we're not there. Sure. I, I do think that we can say like, should you have gone with a uh, Christian Gonzalez? Should you have gone with a, uh, you know, an edge rusher. Should you have traded back? I, I, I don't know. Like, but the Jalen Carter portion of it, I'm not too. I, I guess that's mad at. fair. The, the, I guess, yeah, I guess it's like if they take just a better player there than Darnell, right? Which we talked before. I think we were even talking on the live show about like the Cardinals possibility of just taking uh, Paris Johnson at three instead of trading out of that pick. And I think we all were in agreement that like we would not take a tackle really in the top 10 at all. Yeah, it wasn't a good tackle class. And I get that right. they need one. I don't know. I My concern with Wright is the offense at Tennessee really protected him because there was, weren't a lot of deep dropbacks and the ball was out pretty quick most of the time. So... Even against Will Anderson, a game in which he played quite well, but there were also a lot of reps that weren't quite NFL reps. Like Will Anderson was lined up as a three tech and was rushing from the inside or or crashing inside. It wasn't like rep after rep after rep. Will Anderson was coming from a wide nine and like putting a true pass rushing move on. It, It wasn't too much of that. And it's like... With Wright, it's going to be a big adjustment to go from that to now Justin Fields, who holds the ball a long time and, and takes deep dropbacks. And, you know, like, I think that Wright is a bit technically all over the place. I think that he's a bit of a hugger more than a puncher. Isn't someone who always gets his hands in the right place? Isn't someone who plays with, like, elite? He's so big that he has a pretty good anchor. But he isn't someone who always... It, he's a bit robotic i think he's he can be a bit he moves well but he can be a bit stiff whole, and his hand placement is bad offense, man that's the whole ten- yeah <laughs> it's like we it's said just this about big, hyatt we said this about hooker like <laughs> it's just a big jump to go from that offense to a completely different offense yeah and hold up and adjust because i think that the offense at tennessee was really good. And I honestly, NFL teams, why well, don't they should, maybe they should run what Tennessee ran because it was super effective. But yeah. I think it, it just turns up the degree of difficulty. And when you have some 
technical flaws and now you are on an island and you're going to have to block longer in a new system. I just worry about right. But you can't talk about the Bears draft without also talking about the trade back and they got DJ Moore in yes. that. And so, I don't know, Matt, what do you think about the Bears? They traded with the Panthers, obviously, and got the Moore trade. What was your reaction to that? And, and who do you think, like, do you think the Bears got enough for that? Or how do you I think do. that factors in? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like what the Panthers needed to do. Sucks what you had to give up. You had to do it, though. I mean, it's that or just no quarterback, right? So I was glad to do it. And that's the thing. Chicago can always hold on to the fact that, like, yeah, but we have a first, an extra first rounder. So, yeah, you know, even if we miss, I guess, which I, I think is a little bit of a bogus way to judge the pick. And I agree, right is probably a little bit of a reach. But I don't think it's the end of the world. I thought they did a pretty decent job addressing their other needs, you know, Go pick up Pickens and and Dexter and Stevenson. And I really like the Roshan Johnson pick. I really like the Tyler Scott pick. So I thought they mm-hmm. got a lot of yeah. good value uh, out, outside of just their, their first pick. And if, if you want to say that they have, we're, we're including the fact that they have extra picks from the trades they made, then I'd say, yeah, this is probably a good draft for them, even yeah. though I don't love the first pick. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at as well. Like they got they're the only team that got a surefire good player and that's DJ Moore. And that's true. it's pretty I thought that it was a pretty good job by them to get a player of that caliber in the trade. It's it's not something you see often as a player like that on a pretty decent contract for his skill level change hands. Usually it's just like more and more picks. So to get that surefire number one, to get that right tackle, Wright is super talented. I know I've said some negative things, but he is big and he moves well for his size and he got a lot better from 2021 to 2022. So maybe he can keep getting better and and overcome that big change. Yeah, I, I thought the right pick at nine was underwhelming for sure. I didn't love Garvin Dexter when I watched him and they picked him. But yeah, Roshan Johnson, Tyler Scott. The other thing I wish about them, I really wish they got an edge somewhere, like, like high, because their edge rushers are still Travis Gibson and like Rasheem Green or Demarcus Walker. <laughs> and they spent a lot on off-ball linebacker in free agency, and then they didn't really draft anyone to... uh to step in and start there. And I think that could be really rough for them. And I, I really wish they could have gotten one is, uh, in this offseason. The front four is not a, a whole lot to... to no, their front four is, is not scary at all still, but yeah, we'll That's see. the one thing that really worries you about this team still, is just how are they going to get pressure at all or stop the run? Yeah. <laughs> so... But yeah, so they did some good things this offseason, but I think that's a, a glaring, a glaring one. But yeah, I don't know if we want to move on to the Lions who started out like if we just looked at day one, F, just straight up F. And then all of a sudden they get Brian yeah. Branch and I'm like, oh, OK, well, what are you cooking? Because now I'm listening a little bit. Um, It. Yeah, again, another uh, that's just another team where like the day one picks just kind of make you scratch your head with um with Gibbs. And I like Gibbs. This is the thing, is like I like Gibbs as a player, as a prospect. I just wouldn't have taken him in the first round. Yeah, it's an interesting draft because if you were to like switch around the where order. these guys got drafted, people would be a bit higher on the draft. But I... 
I don't know. Are there multiple know. guys they drafted that have first round grades to you? You could say maybe Branch and Gibbs if it were, if if Branch was at twelve and Gibbs was at eighteen. I don't have I don't a first know. round grade. Here, on, here on would Gibbs, be my though. argument. What if you had went Christian Gonzalez and Nolan Smith in the first round? You could have done you, a lot more, and then you still get Branch in the second anyway. I, I'm a yeah, little right. disappointed in Detroit's draft. Um, I, I think Gibbs is just bad value. I like Jack Campbell, but not not at where they picked him. If you want to flip around the draft picks to make it so where what they did isn't so bad, okay. But like, dude, Brian Branch did not go in the first round for a reason. He didn't. He didn't just fall because teams are dumb. He didn't go in the first round because of the role that he plays. It's just not getting picked at twelfth overall testing, valuable. Yeah. And the testing. So it's like this is a this is a guy who's a safety or slot corner, which is not that crazy valuable of a position, even though I really like him and I really like that pick in a vacuum. That guy is not going 12th overall. That guy with 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 mediocre testing, I'm sorry. He's not, right? I, I Gibbs is just not a strong pick. That's just not strong value. Jack Campbell is is fine for what he is, and I, I actually think the the Lions need somebody like him. I think 18 is really, really, really high. So maybe, maybe it's unfair. But as a as someone who's like kind of rooting for the Lions to really nail this one, and, and looking at like they had the opportunity to just crush it too. They could have yeah. traded down for Gonzalez, and and then at, at 18, I, I think there are better picks on the table. And then if they had had Laporta and Branch, then we'd be talking. I also think the pick. I think picking Hinden Hooker, not a fan of that either. Yeah. So I, you, you look at you. Okay, they had they had what three three top one hundred picks or, or five top one hundred picks. How many of those do you like? Not it's it's not many, and they got a bunch of players that, I, especially after day one, I was like, I gave them a bad grade at my TikTok video, but I was like, we're gonna look back on this, and I think Gibbs is gonna put up yards, and Jack Campbell is gonna have a bunch of tackles, and I, I think like right. these are fine players, but it just is too cute. It's too cute. Like we know <laughs> our guy, we know Lions, and we're gonna take take Lions no matter what. It reminds me a little bit of like what Belichick does, and I think it's it's gotten him in a bit of a hole where he just kind of bucks conventional wisdom, cuts a lot of good players, drafts a lot of reaches, and he's smarter than us, no doubt. But when you're operating like that, you give yourself, I think, very little room for error because you're trying to nail everything. Everything's kind of like this high wire act. And like, I don't know. At the end of the day, you got a two like a two down not a three down back to me not someone who could take it between the tackles you got an offensive weapon who is going to probably be a fine runner and like a fine receiver without being like elite at either i would guess a fine linebacker in like the paul puzzlesny mode which is what chris long said because i was on his street buddy and i was like yeah it's that makes sense oh, was but, that was that his comp <laughs> Yeah, well, I <laughs> talked about Jack Campbell for a bit, and then he says, like, just sounds like Paul Puzlesny. And I was like, I, I don't remember him besides him being, like, a 92 on Madden at one point. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's just too cute. It's just, like, we we know best for what is with the t- for what we need for the team. And, like, maybe. A little bit too but, much scoffing at positional value. Yeah. Just a little bit. Sorry. It, it's, it's, it exists, man. 
and yeah. and like oh the nerds would have told us to pick Christian Gonzalez and JSN. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They would have been right. <laughs> yeah. That's what you should have done. So I, I'm and maybe maybe I was kinder to uh, a Bears team just a second ago, but like I don't know. I'm just frustrated by it. And it's not that I, I think any one of the guys that they have is like this is a terrible player, but. That's yeah, not, like you I left, like a, you left a lot of meat on the bone. If you wanted to, tr- if you wanted these guys, you could have traded back most likely. And I know they said like, oh, after we picked him, everyone called us and said we were going to pick him. It's like, well, find that out, man. Like you're picking Gibbs at twelve. There is no smoke for that. There's no smoke for eight for Campbell going at eighteen. Yeah. Like trade back, dude. This is not a very good I, linebacker. I don't think class. either of those guys were projected to go in the first round. Like no. in like 99% of mock drafts. And the projections aren't always true, but like for the most part, they are. Like there are three players, I think, Gibbs and Campbell and Forbes, yeah. who no one saw coming. But like the rest, everyone is like pretty sh- sure about. Like we kind of know who's going in the first round, you know? <laughs> we kind of know where guys are going. And, General idea. Uh, yeah, I think they could have traded back if they wanted these guys so f- bad. And I, I I just think they, yeah, they scoffed at positional value and kind of were a little bit too much, uh, fell in love with their own process when really no one is knows what's going to know, what what's going to happen. So, yeah, yeah I, mean, I, 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 I guess, didn't love it. Like, I guess the logic behind Gibbs is like, oh, well, Swift is always hurt. So let's, and we like the, we like what he brings to the table. So let's bring in a guy that is just like him, but healthier and maybe has better vision. I, I yeah. but again, I would I wouldn't take that at twelve. Is is the thing? We'll see. I'm excited to see what they do with him. I think it's going to be creative yeah. and and fun to watch. But is it going to be oh, worth yeah, the I'm number sure twelve overall pick? I, might, I don't know. But yeah, he could it, win it, off it, as a rookie of the year. Like it, it, I mean, that could happen. But like. Yeah, I I didn't think they got good value for where they were picking. But anyway, we're spending a lot of time on the North. The Vikings, I don't have too much to say about. Um, They could have used a wide receiver to go alongside Justin Jefferson. They nabbed a pretty good one in Jordan Addison. Uh, And then I didn't watch too, too many of their other guys. I know that Mekhi Blackman has got a lot of hype from people I, I trust and uh, they picked Jaron Hall out of BYU, who had some decent tape, and they took uh, Dwayne McBride, who yeah. I think could be a, a nice pick in the seventh round. But yeah, I, th- I, I like thought it was th- there was it's not a very big draft class; only six players. The first round pick was pretty good. Roy out of LSU did not test well, but had pretty good tape. I think so. That was good, but yeah, I, do have I, one, I thought it was solid. I do have one caveat or point to make with the Addison pick, which is like, what is their vision? Cause they already like to throw Jefferson in the slot all the time. Are they going to try and line Addison up outside when he's in the slot or. Yeah, they'll move him around. I think I, I don't think that any smart coaching staff would be like, this is our slot guy and that will never change. And this is our. Well, just, that just seems that like the role change. that Addison kind of thrives in more is kind of in the slot but i don't know that yeah, would be my th- only concern i think they'll throw addison in a slot and put and put jefferson out wide on most plays would be my guess but i think that could also change and you could also have them both in this slot if you 
line up correctly. You know, like you can, this, these <laughs> guess, are all things yeah. that can happen. Yeah, we'll I don't put know. Jalen Naylor, put Jalen Naylor on the outside and. Look, they were really bad. I've said it a million times on this podcast. They were really bad against man coverage last year because when you take yeah. away, you can bracket Justin Jefferson and then you need someone else to create separation. And right now they're dealing with Jalen Naylor and KJ Osborne. So a, a wide receiver who's a good route runner who can shake guys pretty easily. I I, I think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So that takes us to the NFC East. We'll start off with the uh, the Dallas Cowboys, I presume. And they got, uh, you know, they got they got Mozzie Smith, but uh, you you probably would have liked to have seen a really strong weapon to go alongside CD. That was the one thing we talked about today. I don't know if there was a guy to take there. Maybe not, but that was the one thing that we were really hoping they would get. Maybe a tight end or a, I don't a I don't even know if tight end is really their biggest need. And they got Shum. Uh, shoemaker who's not bad i guess you could say yeah. maybe you should have picked michael mayer but i don't hate mozzie smith there neither do i, neither I think do a very I at good all. player i think it's a big need um you know number one on the freaks list for a reason that guy is nuts <laughs> so uh, I'd, I'd be excited i think that's a hit yeah. for sure for sure i i think that it's not the biggest name but you can see that he has the size and the skills to develop into a pretty disruptive nose tackle. And they were a team that brought a lot of guys down into the box because their defensive tackles last year were not really uh, people movers. They really weren't space eaters. Mozzie Smith is a big dude and he can do that. So it gives you a little bit more variability. If they want to play more too high, bring a, bring a safety out of the box and, and allow maybe a defense, some more two gapping. I think Mozzie Smith is big and strong enough to be able to do that. And I think it could add a new element to their defense. I think that even though he didn't have much production, he's got a deeper bag as a pass rusher and kind of a surprise is surprisingly potent in that area, despite not be, finishing a ton of plays for, for Michigan last year. So yeah, I, I, I thought it was a decent gamble to take that his, his most productive football is still in front of him. I, I think that he's got the tools for sure. And I think it was a big need. And then Schumacher, I don't know, it, kind of the same deal as Mozzie. It's like, you can see it in there. It was not very productive at Michigan like Smith, but he tested really well and he is a fantastic blocker. And when you watch him move, you can definitely understand that he could be a bit he could be accessed as a tight end receiving threat more than he was at Michigan but man he's old and there was just no production at all he had like 35 yeah. catches in his whole career at Michigan <laughs> I don't know I don't know if I love 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 that pick we'll see what the coaching staff can do they did take one of my guys though uh Vilimi Fehoko Viliami Fehoko I think I cannot the first name is still getting me but um I did a video on some underrated day three guys and he was in that video. He's really big, but he has inside out versatility because of that. And he's got a decent array of moves and power in his hands. And for a bigger guy, kind of a surprising amount of bend. I, I think that he could be a, a nice player for them that they got on day three. So I thought it yeah. was fun. It, it's it's a fine draft. Their defense, their defense is going to be, <laughs> pretty damn good that's for sure and it already was a good defense last year i just i do worry about like if something were to happen to cd lamb or if you bracket cd lamb we've seen that Gallup can't really stay on the field I, I i just don't i just don't think the pick was there for them they got they got receiver. cooks too oh they did get cooks yeah you're right yes you're right they did get cooks 
I forgot about that. Never mind. All right, let's move on to the let's move on to the Eagles. Can we agree they had they probably had the best draft? In a, I'd say it's up there. I said yeah. they had the best first round. I think too many people are trying to like double back on this and being like, well, they just picked the best players that were available when they that was on <laughs> yeah, the board and they selected. <laughs> How That's many teams didn't do that, man? <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I think this is. An, I mean, just as far as talent, obviously, there's the concerns with Carter. I think Carter and Nolan Smith are awesome players. I think saying anything more than that is overthinking it for the sake of overthinking it. I think people are just frustrated because Howie Roseman gets called a genius for like sometimes <laughs> doing what is a consensus thing. But sorry, dude, like here on draft, you know, week after the draft, I'm sitting here saying like, yeah, Carter and Nolan Smith is pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit like the Brian Branch pick where there's a reason that these guys fell and that Howie Roseman had the chance to draft them. And there are valid reasons why Carter fell and there are valid reasons why Nolan Smith fell. And maybe both of those reasons sink these guys in the league and Howie Roseman looks like an idiot and everyone who hypes up the draft looks like an idiot. But I just don't think that will happen. I I think that Jalen Carter is going to be good. I know I get not picking him. I really do being like, this is, but from what I can tell, he's the most talented player and I think that going to a place that has a bunch of his old teammates, uh, for him to fall, but for the Eagles to show that confidence, not only picking him, but trading up a spot to select him, I think that that could be good. And just the, I think that it's easy to kind of lock in when you're playing for a contender, you know, when you're, when you're playing with the Super Bowl in mind and everybody is obsessed with getting that and they were so close last year, you go to a building like that versus a building where, no one has any expectations and no one knows how to win a football game. And it's, you're looking at another three, four, five win season. I think it's a lot easier to, to play at your best when you're in that, when the former environment. So I, I like the fit for Jalen Carter. I think it will go well. I like the fit for Nolan Smith. It's it's, they're one of the most well-run franchises in the league, obviously, which is why they were just unstoppable last year until the super bowl. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I think they did a good job. Yeah, and they got Kaylee Ringo. They're another Georgia player. Another Georgia and, player. And they took Tanner McKee in the sixth round. I really like that that pick. And it's a lot better than Sean Clifford in the fifth. I'll say that. <laughs> I think McKee's yeah. got serious, serious backup potential. And I think, honestly, like if you could have him on the roster for four years being a super cheap backup, that is not bad, man. It's actually yeah. a, a pretty good way to save money, so... Yeah, I like no, it. I, yeah, I like it. I like. I respect it a lot. Uh, so the Eagles crushed it. Moving on to the Giants, uh, they got uh, your guy Theo Deontay Banks. Yes. So from from that perspective, they did they did a pretty good job there getting him. Um, he could be an impact player right away in the secondary. That was something that they really needed to address. How, what are, What are your guys' thoughts on Jalen Hyatt? Because we weren't I love him it. as a player, but in date, but in round three, I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of a nice pick. I think that it's a great pick in round three. I think that this was by far the least explosive offense through the air last year. They completed the fewest passes over twenty yards. Um, that vertical element is just non-existent. So to grab the best vertical threat in college football, I mocked it in the first round for them, even though I didn't have a first yeah. round grade on Hyatt. So for them to, to accomplish it round three, I, I think that it could be a big boon for them. Look, if the, 
if the Daniel Jones contract is going to look all right, they need him to push the ball vertically. They need yeah. to, they need that to happen. Uh, you can't play like you did last year. I'm sorry. Like giants fans might be say like, Oh, I'm perfectly okay. If he plays like he did last year, no, uh, cause not. they made the playoff. <laughs> no, you're not. The, the offense was average and there was absolutely no, no production down the field. So there needs to be that. And you got the best one. Maybe that incentivizes Daniel Jones and, and makes everyone look smart if, if he can add that to his to his arsenal. So, yeah. And, and Banks, they blitz a lot. They blitzed a little bit less last year, especially towards the end as Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari started to play better and better. They stopped blitzing as much. But, you know, Wink Martindale isn't afraid to break that out. He isn't afraid to play man coverage on the back end. And you need dudes to do that. And they didn't have any. And yeah, uh, Deontay Banks is as good a bet as there was at that point in the draft. Yeah, yeah, I like it too. I think they filled out well with the first three picks they have. Everything day three stuff, I, I don't have the strongest opinion on except for... They need a good draft. Last year mm-hmm. was a disaster, dude. Evan Neal was terrible, and then they didn't get anybody outside it. Kayvon was all right, but Evan yeah. Neal was just terrible, and then day two onward, they didn't take anyone really impactful either, so... They really need it. They really need to hit on these guys because they don't have enough talent on on rookie deals right now. And last year, I think was was a huge disappointment. So hopefully, this year can be better. If this draft class doesn't pan out, it gets really, really dicey for that front office after after the twenty twenty one draft and or the twenty twenty two draft and the Daniel Jones contract. Yeah, <laughs> like that could be really bad really bad 365 days for a for a front office and who knows maybe evan neal will get better and you'll see better flashes from the 2022 class but they're on thin ice this needs to work out well and i think that these are all decent bets we'll see last team in the nfc east is of course then the commanders who took emmanuel forbes in the first round and i can that's that's another head scratcher man not a fan don't yeah better guys on the board unfortunately and it's like man 166 pounds i don't doubt the ability but like i do doubt the size and and sitting at 16 i mean he got he got taken over gonzalez yeah i did yeah. that's lunacy One pick before that's nuts yeah man stuff. he's 160 pounds and i'm just thinking about it like is it does it become dangerous to tackle? Because I'm think I weigh like 160 yes. pounds. I'm like, how would I have to tackle Derek? I'd have to like launch my entire watch, body, right? Like, watch I would have greedy to greedy Williams. Watch rookie greedy Williams, and you'll see he wasn't 160. This is not a promising comp. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, as far as like, I mean, oh my, is he the lightest player in the entire NFL? <laughs> he's gotta be man i mean maybe like deuce vaughn or some like no there's, no, there's be the, no way deuce vaughn is sub sub 166 he's gotta be like at least 280 i just think like how you have to tackle somebody because you know the buzz and shoot your hands and wrap up like i i just don't know if it works if you're way tinier than somebody you know like i think you've got to really if you don't have mass you've got to make up for it in like force so either you're he's going to be a terrible tackler or he's going to have to like launch himself head first at people and get himself killed. Like that's what yeah. I'm worried about with Forbes. I don't think anybody watches Forbes tape and says like, Oh, this guy sucks. Forbes has got some dog in him, man. Like he is 
he has great instincts in zone. He is a total ball hawk. Um, it's almost, it's amazing to watch two routes develop and they're trying to put him in conflict and he stays like perfectly between the two routes in front of him and behind him and takes them both away. Like he just knows where to position him. He just knows what he's doing in zone. But as far as, and that's what Washington plays zone, 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 zone. So you put a great zone corner in a, in a zone system. It could go. Okay. I just, I, I just worry about his ability. Like, if I was a team, I would find him and I'd say, like, we're going to run toss right <laughs> at that guy. And yeah. I would just prefer... Well, not, a- even, not even that. It's like, what, what do you do when DK Metcalf lines up across from him? Yeah. Well, you're playing zone yeah. is what you're doing. Uh, yeah, I guess just, like, don't, don't let him get into his frame at all. Yeah, you're not going to have Forbes playing press man coverage in Washington, you know. But I, I do worry about his his just overall play strength and his ability to stay healthy and his fluidity. I think is is not as on the level of Christian Gonzalez. He's not that type of athlete. So, right. Yeah, I mean, I get why they like him. I think he's a good scheme fit. I just don't think that he's worthy of the number sixteen overall pick. I think he's. Maybe he's an outlier, but I think that you don't see 160 pound guys trying to tackle people in the NFL for a reason, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he could be good. I, I I don't know if I'm totally out on him, but there's other corners on the board. Also, Tutu Atwell weighed in at 165. At the oh! And he's, Deuce Vaughn is 180. Yeah, Greedy yeah, Williams Tutu was Atwell went, Tutu Atwell went higher than everyone thought, and he has done nothing. But let's move on. Yeah. Moving to the NFC South, Matt, your Carolina Panthers. Oh, they had a wonderful, exactly, perfect draft. I, I can't exactly imagine what if, they were supposed to do. I can't imagine that any one of their players won't turn into an all pro. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I like Bryce Young. Um, drafting somebody light in the first round is absolutely not a problem at all. Actually, <laughs> and uh, short jokes aren't funny, guys. That's uh, that's something oh. I'm going to start campaigning for. Yeah, look, I, th- I think Bryce Young's going to be really good. I'm certainly not as low on him uh, as other people. I think that the odds that he gets injured are probably a little bit over exaggerated, and I think he does a good job throwing over the middle of the field. So I'm just not as worried about his height about his height as, as other people are. Do you not. like the uh, Do you like the Jonathan Mingo pick in the second round? Um, yeah, I think it's okay. I think that was sort of like a top of of their range or his range selection. I saw that report about like, oh, some people are saying Mingo might go in the second round, and I was like, I know who that is. It's <laughs> the Carolina Panthers. I don't know. I, I I haven't watched a ton of Mingo, but like he's a pretty serious athlete and he's got some real ball skills and it seems like he can get off the line pretty well. There's a lot going for him, man. And the, the Panthers receiving core, I, I don't think is going to be all that good. Although I think that's the weakest point of their offense. People keep making it out like here's the Panthers weapons. And it's like it's going to be all play calling quarterback and offensive line if things work out really well this year on the offense. But now yeah. it's like I look at that receiving core, and even though I didn't like the Thielen pickup, there's upside there. There is. With Terrace Marshall Jr. and Mingo, there's some serious upside at the receiver position for Carolina. We'll have to see how it plays out. I'm also interested to see what Reich does with them because 
I, you know, he didn't really say much other than we're going to move him around, which is like, okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose. Like, Ole, Miss has a, Ole Miss has a pretty good reputation. Yeah, he's DJ, he, he, he's DK Metcalf. He's, uh, <laughs> he's AJ Brown. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't totally in love with their draft. Like trading all of that for Bryce Young is fine. I would have gone. I, I really am high on Anthony Richardson. I, I have said it a billion times that... I, I do get a little bit concerned with drafting players who are tiny. I, I see the vid- the picture of Bryce Young shaking <laughs> Bryce Young shaking Brian Burns' hand, who's like an undersized edge, and Brian Burns is just like gigantic. It's like I I just I, it's it's at just, some point you guys got to get over it. Oh my god! How many, I, I know, how many pictures I, of Bryce Young are you going to retweet, man? I'll get I'll get over it when he stays Enough. healthy for a year. Okay, I just uh-huh. am just not totally sure. I, I think of the big guy hitting the little guy, and it's like there's there's not that many little well, guys in the league luckily, for a reason. There, Young, there really luckily, aren't. Luckily, Bryce Young has great pocket presence, and he's behind a great offensive line, so he's never going to get sacked Spit. ever. Yeah, <laughs> he is hard to catch. That is that is hard. It is hard to lay like there's a very big hit, hit on Bryce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's less of him to hit. His I don't box, know. His hitbox is smaller. Wilson <laughs> Wilson's been uh, healthy. He's not as light. Kyler, it's like yeah, he is got it? injured, but like he tore his ACL on a like this is this is what they don't tell you. Oh, because he, he's so little. It wasn't because he was little at all. He just no, he then, they'll tell, then they'll tell you it's because he's a runner. That's what they'll tell you. <laughs> And well, then they'll tell you Tua, and it's like, dude, Tua is like hitting his head. What does that have to do with being small? So there's a lot well, of propaganda and garbage out there perpetuated <laughs> by possibly some members of this <laughs> podcast. Well, I, I think about like the skinniest quarterbacks in the league. I think Zach Wilson is one, and he's been banged up for two years. Lamar is real skinny and runs around, and, you know, he's been – he's tweaks things every year i don't know i I think that kyler is tiny and he's can't finish a season you know i i i think that it's a valid concern i think sounds like propaganda being put on by big protein and big milk i i'm i am big big yes i am (laughs) i am big big nfl player i i like i like guys that are giant i like guys who are supremely talented i think the you know, if we're projecting forward a couple of years, you know, and what ceilings could look like, I would have rather gone Richardson than Young. But we've been over it before. But, 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 but he loves yep. he loves scrawny Trevor Lawrence. It's unbelievable, <laughs> man. Trevor Lawrence is like six foot six <laughs> and has yeah, the best. And he's like n- the best pocket presence, like in the league. He is oh, a bit skinny. Now though. pocket presence comes into <laughs> it. He's a bit skinny. He is. I mean, he's a lot bigger oh, than Bryce man. Young. That's for sure. But yeah, I mean, Bad. I think that would have been a valid, a valid thing to wonder about. Was like, oh, he's a bit skinny. It, I don't know. I, I think that. And then Mingo, he's a he's a movable piece. I, I would like him. He he lined up as a tight end. He lined up as a fullback. He lined up as a slot receiver, a wide receiver. Like I, I think that he is good in the sense that if you pair him with a good coach, he can he can exploit mismatches. And um, he is another great and I, pick. And yeah. Yeah, I think that that Reich is is a creative guy, and if you're going to take him that high, I'm sure they have something in mind. Um, so I, I can get down with it. I liked the Jamie Robinson pick in the fifth round, but overall, yeah, and I liked uh, Zavala, DJ Johnson. I was not a fan of. I don't think he. It's like I haven't watched a ton of them, dude. But like, we traded up. We spent a fourth round pick to move up 13 spots in the third for a project 
who also was in college for six years. Great athlete, looking, though. Yeah, I think I don't. I don't I love. Th- I don't love that process, but we'll see. He is a crazy athlete, dude. A lot of these, a lot of these phony edge rushers who run in the four fours, and you'll check their size, and they'll be like Nolan Smith size, and I'm like that does not count. You're basically like a big receiver or something. <laughs> DJ Johnson ran in the four fours at like two sixty, so they got some speed to power. We'll see. He's gonna go. He's gonna go crazy. All picks are good. A plus. Yes, I, I, I'm a little bit lower on this draft than some, just because look. Richardson was my QB one. We were all on board. Well, Bladen wasn't, but you and me, Matt, were on board. Anthony Richardson, QB one. And then when they trade up and don't take the QB one, I have to say I would have done something different. And I don't think it's the greatest process. I think that it's fine. Bryce Young, QB two. He has a he is a pretty special like in space athlete in, in terms of quickness and twitchiness and his decision to move and pull the trigger and, and find things. And I think that'll be enough, but there he, it is, it is nerve wracking. I would, I would not sleep well from now until we saw him play week one. I'm sleeping it like up. a baby. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. This is very, very easy for me. <laughs> worry about worry about your own team, man. <laughs> I'd, I'd the take pan- the Panthers draft over the Packers weak draft. I think the Packers and the Panthers both have a over under seven and a half wins in Vegas. Both of them. I wonder who will hit it. I think. I think the Panthers I mean, I think are more likely. Both over. You think both over? I think so too. I don't know. Well, I don't think, think it was, if the Panthers get eight wins and the Packers get eight wins, only one of those teams is making the playoffs. That's true. <laughs> well, if they so. get exactly eight, it's probably neither of them. But I don't know. I just think Bryce Young is going to be good, but he lacks this crazy, crazy ceiling weight worth trading all that no, for. I think his ceiling is very high. I think if we go four or five years from now, we're talking about him not in the tier one, but maybe in the tier two type of range. And that's and that's needed for the Panthers. They haven't had a guy like in that range in a long time. But I just question. I, I question his ceiling. No, I, I bit, disagree entirely. That's okay. Is Okay, is Bryce Young a good creator? A great creator. Yes, he's a, he's a great creator. Okay, is he good in structure? Specific structures. So, so why, okay, why, structures. Why, why can a great creator not have a high ceiling? Because he doesn't have, because he just doesn't have the raw talent. He's not rocked up like Russ and Kyler. Russ and Kyler. To do what? Were to like create? Plus, He's already great we're at that. A plus, we're like A plus arms. Like A plus, plus, plus. Some of the best arms in the league is Kyler and Russ. So when they break the pocket, everything is still on the table for them. I don't think Bryce Young has that kind of arm. So when he breaks the pocket, is it going to be like the, what is a great creator? Like on the scale of Mahomes, on the scale of Kyler, on the scale of Russ in his prime, I don't think he's going to be that as a creator because I don't think he is quite has everything available to them. 
like those guys, like Allen, like Richardson. I'd say he could. leaves. Pl- I, I'd say he leaves more on the table just with where he is mentally and his ability to make decisions. I think that's far, far, far more important. And he will still be an A plus creator even without the big arm. It's not everything, and he can it's, play it's in not structure because he can throw over the middle. He will be the best we've ever seen. <laughs> I don't think I can top that with I, a boulder take. Actually, I'll actually, oh, you I'll, will. I'll, I'll take you. I'll take you on, on, on this. Russ and Kyler, with their big arms, have been limited their whole career, and that's what kept both of them from being tier one. But they yes. had this huge arm. But it doesn't matter. There's more to ceiling than athleticism, and having a big arm, and also. Uh, they, they they tell you Bryce Young's arm sucks and that he'll get hurt immediately, <laughs> and his arm is is good. He has a good arm. He does have a good. It's arm. fine. He's, yeah, it's good. It's it's. He's good. not Josh I, Allen. I, I like no one's Josh Allen. <laughs> right. But Russ, like the reason Russ and Kyler can't operate in structure is because they're too small. Like a lot of the times, like they just can't. They can't fucking see. Like if you're a point guard and you're five foot, five, like if you're playing basketball and you're small, everyone recognizes why that's bad because there's big guys and they're blocking your shot. For for, That's why for Steph Bryce Curry Young, pulls up from 30. Right, which is go. what he's going to have to be. You're going to have to find a guy who is small, but also has the ability to create, like, can pull up from th- whatever the NFL equivalent of that is. With Kyler, I trust it because he is a super athlete, and, and Russ is a super athlete. I don't think Bryce is quite that level, and I do think that he's going to run in. I don't think that he's going to be quite as effective in structure removed from Alabama and removed from college football in the NFL. I, th- I think that he's going to be fine. I don't think it's going to be a disaster, but I there's just enough there where it's like, I don't know if I'm trading up all those picks in DJ Moore for him. And it's, you wouldn't. So they should have just given up. <laughs> I don't know. They should have taken Anthony Richardson. If Anthony Richardson is a monster on the Colts and Bryce Young is like fine, then I will be proven right. But if he's if that's just not what happens, if Anthony Richardson is a bust, Bryce Young is a Bryce winner. Young is awesome. If Anthony Richardson <laughs> never fixes his mechanics, he will be terrible. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, there's a real chance Richardson is terrible, but I also think there's a real chance that he's pretty like game changing. So I, do, I don't know. We've we've spent too much time on it. This is the debate. And, and no, what what's crazy is that at no point was Matt taking this seriously. He was. I don't know. I, I think it he's kind taking of seriously. it very seriously. I, I, I actually, I actually think that. I'm annoyed with the Bryce Young discourse. <laughs> it's just Matt the whole, re- like, he will be the, the best we've ever seen. That's the, well, that's that's obviously me kidding. I, I think that people vastly <laughs> overestimate the size to injury uh, Pipe, like pipeline. concerns. Pipeline, the same way that it's like, to me, that almost sounds like that guy runs, he's going to get himself hurt. Yeah, it sounds just so. more so. If you're tiny, you're just it's like Forbes. It's like if you're 160 pounds tackle. and you get Bryce Young doesn't have to get tackled. I, he, I guess he doesn't have to, but he does. He, he's bra- he's a brave little guy. He stands in there and like takes hits. I don't know. I I think that he's going to be fi- like he's my QB, too. I think that he is special enough in some areas to like be fine. I just think if you're going to trade all of that up. It's got to be for name. Name a good quarterback 
who had their career ended because they got hurt because they were too small. Well, there's not that many players this small getting taken, but I don't know. I, I don't know, like specifically too small, but I don't I like I would say Kyler has had th- things derailed by being hurt all the time at the uh, end of the year. He got, and this and this is exactly like the running stuff. It's just, it's just you're, we're just blaming his his size for his injuries, even if it's like some non-contact bullshit. I don't know. I really think he's going to be I think he's going to be really good. I do. He's already the outlier. He already is. He won a Heisman. Yes. Yeah. In the Anyone SEC, went, like he, I, he I, 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 no one's no one's won a Heisman at his size. I'm or maybe you can go back to like 1940 when <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Jinkley won it that one. Hugh Jinkley. This this is our uh, five. This is this is our Art Vandalay. <laughs> our five Jinkley. flat. Fuel Jinkley. <laughs> Wait a buck even. God yeah, bless him. He got drafted first overall by the, the Washington Triangles, but got <laughs> sent overseas to fight in the World War. But uh, yeah. We're almost an hour into this thing. We got to move on from the Bryce Young debate. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> we, got, we got the Bucks next. Um, and they we talked about they probably needed some interior offensive linemen. They could have used um, Osiris Torrance, but they ended up getting uh, Kalijah Kansi, who at the very least will be a really good pass rusher for them, despite being... Uh, what a, a terrible bit. pick Logan Hall was, was my first impression when they picked Kansi. <laughs> Logan Hall was supposed to be this disruptive three-tech, and then last year he just got beat to oh, smithereens yeah. every time he was on the yeah. <laughs> so He true. was like the 33rd overall pick. Or 30, he was like yeah. a top 40 pick. And uh, so I, I Kansi wasn't quite on my radar with them, but they totally could use some more juice in their pass rush somewhere. Yeah. Like Vea is a, I think a very good player, but he's not really like this electric pass rusher. And then you've got right. Shaq Barrett who uh, is very good, but getting up there in age. And then Joy, Joe Tryon yeah. Choyinka has not been lived up to the first round hype so far. So yeah, I, I think that a pass rusher in that situation, that if you were to rank the pass rushers on that team, you might have Devin White at number two. You know, like I, I think another defensive lineman who could get get after it is a is a good thing for them and give them a little bit more juice when they're rushing for is a decent thing. And and they they rose into Logan Hall, I think, and I think that was fine. He was really terrible last year, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would you have liked to see them do more with? The offense. I mean, uh, they took. They took what Cody. I don't know, mocked. dog. They're running Baker out there. I just don't think it matters. <laughs> <laughs> they could have taken I Levis, and I think. I, I think maybe I would have done that to give me a little bit of hope with a decent roster. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Jamel D. Like, there's enough good players here in Mike Evans and Godwin and Werfs and mm-hmm. you know Vea and and Barrett and and all these guys where it's like you could realistically see them contending in a pretty bad NFC South with a quarterback. And maybe I would, I would have gone the Levis route. I didn't, I thought it was a very average draft. I'm not the world's biggest Kansi yeah. fan, but I think that it, he's a good pass rusher. Um, Dude. Yeah, it was, it was whatever. Their run game. Terrible, right? Drafting Cody mock does not, not move the needle here. Year one or <laughs> anything, right? Probably not. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they not. had like the worst well, run game in the NFL guards, last year. Their guards correct? are like the worst in the NFL. Correct. So, okay. 
And Baker is at quarterback. Yes. This t- this offense is not going to be good, man. <laughs> no, it's it's going to be very It's going bad. to be very, very. I mean, look, I don't know. I mean, I think I always think Baker can be okay. I still believe he's played good football before. But like when he was on the Panthers last year, just the, the like couldn't make a decision to save his life with the pumping the ball and whatever and padding it and doing that shit. So if he's doing that again, man, I think they're in huge trouble offensively. I really would have liked to see Levis. I think I, I like the Levis pick for the Titans, too, because it feels like if you're really bad and you give him a shot and it just doesn't work, you drafted him low enough so where it's easy to move on. Right. But that's that's a whole other thing. I kind of would have liked to see them do the same. But This draft class kind of feels like a Band-Aid on a gaping wound. Like It just kind of feels like this Bucks team post-Brady doesn't have much shot to contend for the Super Bowl. And a pass rusher like Cansey is, could be nice and could be fun. but He's interesting. There's there's not much reason for me to believe that this isn't going to be a a really Bro, really screw, bad screw offense. competing for a Super Bowl. They had a losing record last year with Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> not a good team. It's, it's a good point. Yeah, let's let, let's let's be real right now. Like, this yeah. Is, so this, this one this I've got. Yeah, I've got band aid on gaping wound is the grade I give this draft. Let's move on to the to this to the eight. <laughs> the Saints here. <laughs> The Saints, they had to go with Brzee. They they, they they didn't have a choice, which is a problem because Brzee <laughs> is not quite worth a first round pick to me. And but they needed to take him because they can't survive with the interior lineman they had. They kind of yeah. painted themselves in this corner where they needed to trade Sean Payton and draft a defensive tackle. <laughs> they like I had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that is like the most bizarre scenario. it's like ah, i guess we have to we have to trade we have to trade him dude so yeah he oh, like God. maybe there's something there with them with him fosky i like fosky i felt a little bad for fosky because i thought he had a great football brain in a bad football body like there's just not bendy enough uh not explosive enough to really take full advantage of like his understanding of like what to do. But I think that he can be a decent role player at least. And and same with Brzee, I guess like he can give them some, some pass rushing ability on a line that desperately needs it. But overall, the, I, the real story has to be Jake Hayner QB one. That scares me. That's man. right. <laughs> Jake Hayner is like, an, he is a good quarterback. He's a baller, dude. He <laughs> he's nice. I I think that I think that he's gonna have a great preseason. That is what I'll say about Jake Hayner. <laughs> I think that he's gonna have a just a fantastic preseason. But we'll see. They crushed last year's draft with uh to get Alante Taylor and Chris Olave. I shouldn't say they crushed yeah. it because they also traded up for Trevor Penning. But they got two cornerstones last year. This year, they they drafted at a position they absolutely needed to draft, and we'll see how that works. I, I kind of think that Foskey and Brzee were taken a bit higher than they ideally would have been taken because the Saints just needed needed it, and that's never a, right. a great way to do things. I, I still worry about the front <clears throat> seven, but... Yeah, we had to add bodies there at the very least. 
And then I think so, A.T. Perry in round six, he was kind of a popular sleeper for, I think, a reason. He, yeah. he's, he should have gone before round six. I wasn't as high on him as some people were, but it, certainly round six is, is yeah. a no, he really has, he, has, he has some decent juice at receiver. So round six is good value for him. Um, kind of same with like uh, Hutchinson going, because Hutchinson went round five or round six, didn't he too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's really good value. Last but not least is the Falcons. Um, actually, it might be least. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you I mean, think? What do you guys think of the Bijan pick? <laughs> I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it. You had a good run game last year. You had a good run game last yeah. year with Algier. You didn't need to do this. There are better things to do, in my opinion. Like, he's going to put up a bunch of yards, so it's like you don't want to be too low on him because, like, next, not this season, but next year he's probably going to be, like, the number one pick in fantasy, the number one overall or whatever. But it's like, dude, I just don't know. I just don't know if I agree with the process. Um, But I picked. Ohio State players, Zach Harrison, nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's they're all just, that matters. They're all in on, on zigging while everybody else is zagging. For them to have like the best, one of the best rushing attacks last year, I think it was top five, like five, six in that range. And for them to go running back round one and then someone who probably is going to slot in at left guard round two, who's a good run. They're, they're just... They're just really gunning for that number one spot, man. They really want to be, and if nothing else, will be the best rushing attack in the league. And, you know, I don't know. They overperformed last year because of it. Like, people looked at them I and guess. said, this, will, this team will have the number one overall pick. And they were wrong. They were the number eight overall pick. I think it's helping me a little bit to, to rationalize the Bijan pick by thinking about him as, like, Debo and... Because he can he can line up in the slot and run routes and everything. And could I see a world where it's like Algier and Bijan and Pitts and Johnny Smith and Drake London like all out there? And that's a pretty good group of skill position players if you can get a serious quarterback. What it really mean? is. If if if, if Devin if Riz, if Ritter plays like a serious quarterback, okay. uh, it's a good when? like I. I I still believe that Pitts is crazy, like good, and I still believe London's very good, and yeah. Bijan Robinson's pretty dynamic, and you, like it, it really is a, a formidable group of skill position talent. If you want to play matchup ball like the Forty ers do, so we'll see. They built around Ritter though, and we can't be mad at that here on this podcast. That's true. <laughs> that that does make it a good class in my book. Actually, <laughs> I was like very, very, very happy. That they're giving yes. him a real run, and it will work out. It will pay dividends. So, <laughs> no matter what they did, as long as it wasn't QB, good draft. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that I love watching the Falcons. To be completely honest with you, like I like watching Arthur Smith and all the cool stuff that he does with the zone runs and the windbacks, and how it frustrates me, but I get a kick out of it. How he uses like, you know, he'll keep pits into block and throw Parker Hesse out there running routes. And it's like, God, this guy just is fucking with people, dude. And whatever he, gives, he's reading Twitter, it's like, please throw it to Pitts. He's like reading it on the sideline. He's like, nah, 
They even threw it to Pitts a decent amount. It was just never accurate. Like, Marcus Mariota threw it, like, into the bleachers every time. He's like, oh, Pitts is tall. I'll put some air on this thing. And then we just, like, fly yeah. out of bounds. There's some stat that Pitts, like, only 50% of his targets were catchable. Or it's I don't insane. know if it's quite that low. But it was really, really bad. I don't think anyone got more inaccurate targets than Pitts. So, I don't know. I think it it it's fun. And it will make me happy to watch the Falcons. Um, but running back at eight is a bit of a reach, I fear. I, I do yeah, think so. that there's evidence to support that, so I can't give it the highest grades. Much like much like the Lions, like I'm excited to watch it. I think it could be fine, but could you have allocated resources better? Probably a bit. So I don't know. It's a bit of a tired talking point. So let's move on and get this uh, yeah, last division not wrapped a tired, up. It is not a tired talking point, Theo. We're going to talk about it for another hour and a half. <laughs> Bergeron's a good run defender, by the way. I kind of liked Bergeron when I watched him. I was like, yeah, I can kind of see why someone might talk himself into this guy. But yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the NFC West. Do you Uh, mean blocker? What? what? Bergeron? Yes. What did I say? Okay, I was just you said defender. Oh, I was just yeah, I didn't even. Oh, think I was yeah, yeah, if yeah, I was yeah, confused yeah. for a no, second. No, no, Sorry, no, no, no. You're not. Everyone knew what you meant. My fault. No, no, I didn't even. No. Yeah, I didn't even pick up on. Thank that. you for <laughs> for holding me a, holding me accountable. accountable. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're before, welcome. <laughs> that's uh, anyway the 49ers. Um, I mean, how many draft picks did they just? They had they. Like the Browns, they didn't draft until round three, but they had like they had nine picks. Yeah, I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to make of this draft. Uh, I think Ronnie Bell is is okay. Yeah, I think I I like Jair Brown. I think he was my favorite safety that I watched. Well, Branch was, but he was always playing nickel. As far as a true safety, Jair Brown has really good instincts and. good in run support at least he didn't test very well as all the safeties didn't so i like that i can't say much about their draft because all their picks were on day three and or day two or late day two or day three so i can't totally you know give you a full breakdown on all these guys but i liked moody i think we should just move on sorry 49ers fans this has probably been a boring draft (laughs) i think ronnie bell is was was pretty good for michigan i'll 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 say that volume shooting Never a bad idea. <laughs> D All Winters, right. I remember him from the championship game. He had a crazy or the semifinal against Michigan. He was going crazy, I think. True. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, if you want to move on, we can go to the Cardinals. They were at three. Yes. Traded back to twelve. Yes. Right? And then traded back up to six to select Paris Johnson Jr. I have mixed feelings about it. About this. Well, moving back to 12, I thought was a fantastic idea. To get the Texans first next year is awesome. Like, that could, that's going to be a projected top five pick. So nice job. Moving back up to six uh, for Paris Johnson. I don't know if Paris Johnson is quite worth the move up. They gave up their second second round pick 34. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I get it. If you love Paris Johnson, they did a good job not just selecting him. Like, this is exactly what the Lions should have been doing. Like, if the Lions picked at three, they would have just selected Paris Johnson Jr., it feels like, because they would have been worried that the that the Raiders would get him or whatever. And they're like, this guy. And I guess the Lions did trade back. So maybe this is all wrong. 
a little bit, but they could have traded back more. They didn't get as much as they could have gotten. I think if, if their targets were Campbell and Gibbs, whereas with the Cardinals, I think they got fantastic value and still ended with the guy they like. So I'm not sure I like the guy they like as much as they like it, but if you're going to reach on a guy you really like, get the Texans first rounder next year. That's the overall lesson. And then I liked BJ Ojolari. I thought that was a good pick in the second round for sure. And yeah, I, I think, um, I think they did a decent job for all their dysfunction. I think I've got to give them some credit. I do too. It's just like with, with Paris Johnson and it's like, okay, you get Paris Johnson and you get another first next year. That first will be a top five pick. And if you get Marvin Harrison, Jr., yeah, if you get Marvin Harrison out of it, like, okay, that's worth it. Yeah. And Paris Johnson jr. For, for Kyler, I think, didn't Kyler shout out Paris Johnson Jr. before the draft? I Did think he? that he like endorsed him. Yeah. Which, and then they draft Paris Johnson Jr. And like last year, they got Kyler's old college friend in the first round, Hollywood Brown. So they just seem to be, Kyler seems yeah. to have like a decent amount of say in this, in how they, and I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. But um, maybe that isn't the Paris, best idea. Paris Johnson Jr. is really light on his feet. I think that he's someone who could sustain blocks for a long time because of his group strength and and just how he can move around. And when you're playing with a quarterback like Kyler, you need you need tackles like that. So I it's a reach just like Darnell Wright. Like none of these tackles are worth being top ten picks, but lots of teams need tackles. And I guess if you think he's the best one and you get a first round pick and you take him, I I can understand. Yeah. That's fair. Matt, do you have anything? Really like getting the Texans first. That's awesome. Also, Ojolari, good pick. Good pick, yeah. Yeah. I endorse Ojolari. I like him. So, outside of that, I don't have super strong feelings about the guys I got, but like, honestly, dude, I think that Texans pick could be such a win. You know? Yeah, I mean, it, even... I, I, you, I mean, look at what happened would, with the Broncos and the... And the yeah. Um, Rams. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I think if you told me with a third pick they got the Texans first next year and Paris Johnson Jr., I'd say great value. It yeah. really stinks that they didn't take someone I I like a little bit more at at um six. You know, six, but okay. That's not it's not the end of days because they did make that move down. So they deserve credit for that. Yes. They do. And that leaves two more teams. We'll start with the Rams. Um, oh, Steve oh, Avila over, over Osiris Torrance was interesting to me. I guess people, they might think that Steve Avila, they're similar. I liked, I preferred Osiris Torrance. I thought that as kind of like a power blocker in the run game, he was moving bodies a little bit more than Steve Avila. Well, also, you know, handling his business in, in pass protection pretty well. Steve Avila might be a bit lighter on his feet and obviously NFL valued Avila above Osiris Torrance. So they think that's a big deal. Avila's fine. He's a good pass protector at guard, whatever. They picked yeah. Stetson Bennett round four. <laughs> the ghost. Yes. He's a winner. Yes. yes, he is a winner. He does have <laughs> X factor. He is a gamer. He will be a backup for 10 years. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think... <laughs> I, I kind of like good- Stetson, man. I wouldn't have taken him to the fourth, but in the seventh, I would have thought about it. 
Uh, that Nick Foles, that Nick Foles comp going crazy right now. He's got yeah, wheels, like man. He just, he he's, just... he's so fast. <laughs> he really is. He's fast as hell, man. He, he will be like playing a, what, slot a receiver six? soon. I would ask him to change positions. <laughs> he's a running back, but uh, we like about yeah, Stetson. We can move him around. Move yeah, him around. He's, and, uh, he's a, McVeigh McVeigh is about to make him a fullback if Skaronsky goes down. Just you wait and see. But yeah, they made a shit ton of picks at the end of the day. They they made how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen picks. Yeah, Mister Irrelevant, Deswan Johnson is great burst. Uh, I thought that was a good pick in the in day three at all, much less the last pick in the draft. Zach Evans in round six, I thought was good value. Puka Nakua is a guy that I broke down in that video with um, Chris Rodriguez and the guy I talked about for the Cowboys, uh, Fahoku. I, I like that pick. I don't know. There's a bunch of names here as I'm, as I'm scanning who they got on day three. Hey, Hodges Tomlinson in the yeah, sixth Blayden, round. Your That's guy, your guy, Hodges Blayden. Tomlinson. The best value of the draft. He's only 5'9", he's only <laughs> but he's a really nice zone Nothing wrong corner. with being 5'9". Nothing wrong with be being 5'9". You can be a very good nine. player at 5'9". Nothing wrong with being 5'9". You can nine. play some serious really ball Really good zone five, corner. <laughs> Great I eyes. Worry, I worry about him getting hurt. Thoughts, Matt? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's no proof Bro. that's how that works. <laughs> I think I'm. Oh, I want. How much does he weigh compared to? M- I don't know. Let's. We. I'm not looking it up. Let's go. I'm moving on to the Seahawks. How much does I just Tomlinson weigh? Let's sit here and figure Pro- this. Probably. Out. Probably not much. Uh, All the, right. the co- he weighs. I, I got it. One seventy-eight. Okay. He's five eight. One seventy-eight. Okay. okay. He is okay. going to be healthy. <laughs> Devon Witherspoon, Jackson Seahawks, Smith Jigba, yeah. the Seahawks. I love it for the first two picks. I think that Witherspoon right. um, is 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 good, and I think that Jackson Smith and Jigba is good, and yes. they both are crucial. the The Seahawks with Jordan Brooks down, their linebackers are currently Bobby Wagner and. Devin Bush, which does not move me. I wonder if they just roll with one linebacker and try to get in dime as much as possible and and roll um, Witherspoon kind of in as like a, almost a dime linebacker type in and around the box to help mm. out. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I think we're going to see a bunch of DBs on the field. Jamal Adams also there to help. You've got some really good run supporting safety types. So... Yeah, I think that it, I want to see can, Jamal Adams and Witherspoon blissing off the edge. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that would go crazy. <laughs> I think that it, it gives them some answers for for the loss of 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 Brooks for a while. And they're just a good player, even if you had Brooks and didn't need to be in dime all the time. Yeah, uh, it he's still a very good player. His ability to mirror is fantastic. He can click and close and, and close space. Um he can really tackle, and he's got good ball skills. I th- the more I think about it, the more uh, higher and higher I get on Witherspoon, really. I think my initial grade on him may have been even a bit too low because I I really have talked myself into him being a good pick at five, and, and JSN is a perfect slot guy to complement compliment, uh, Lockett and DK. So it's such, it's such a good fit. Like those, Both of those picks are such great fits for Seattle. Yeah, and Carbonet is a good player. I think that... that his kind of thunder to to the lightning of Kenneth Kenneth Walker Kenneth yeah Kenneth Walker Walker got benched or not benched but he got yelled at for kind of dancing around a bit too much last mm-hmm. year so 
if he doesn't fix that, mm-hmm. you've got someone in the wings who can who can get a bit I more s- downhill. I still don't love spending that high up value again on a running back. I know, back. I know. They just can't help themselves, man. Penny was a first round pick. And they Walker got was uh, a t- Kenny McIntosh, baby. Yeah. I liked what they did. I thought they had one of the best drafts, and that's uh yeah. I, I think I would what agree. they did in the first I think it, what they did in the first round is pretty can't miss, pretty airtight. And I I don't know that much about the Auburn guy. They picked really early in the second. That one kind of made me raise my eyebrow, but I think Carbonet is gonna be productive. I think John Gaines was a good pick in round four. Um, Mike Morris for Michigan in round five is someone I watched a bit of. And yeah, he's he's he could I've be heard good a, things about sh- the Michigan center. Yes. Because uh, I was talking about um, I wanted the Browns to take a center and everyone was like, they, you want that Michigan center. That's who you want. Yeah. So, what were you well, saying about the, the edge? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, oh, no. The Auburn. I just don't, don't know that much about him. Um, he was probably their their biggest reach. But. Yeah, I thought they did a great job. I think that if I think Carbonet is a running back, I think he's a good one. I think that that's going to be a productive, productive player. JSN Witherspoon, and if you can just get those three guys to hit, which I think is pretty likely, you're you can't complain too too much. So yeah, that's that's no, the NFC. You can't. That is the NFC. Thank you all for tuning in to our post draft analysis. We'll probably get our gears in, and you know. F- start getting some predictions ready for the upcoming season here pretty soon. But of course, we'll still be focused on the NBA playoffs as those are happening right now. Lakers are looking good as you know they're taking on the Warriors. My Kings and Cavs are out, but I can still root for James Harden and Bron Bron. So <laughs> what a game. I, what a game. That was awesome to watch. That whole game was me thinking, damn, the Warriors shot making is crazy. They must be growing the lead. And then I look at the scoreboard and the Lakers are still like up two <laughs> or up three. <laughs> it just, it didn't matter. Like pool was on fire. Clay had a good game. Steph was like making shots and they just, I mean, you are totally right, Matt, Anthony Davis and Vanderbilt just could not, they could not penetrate at all. No free throws, just insane defense the whole night. It's it was tough, awesome. man. It's just a tough, tough way to live. And it's like, they had they they shot fifty threes and they hit forty percent of them and they lost man mm, yeah. it's like damn mm-hmm. but Anthony Davis really really has that in him man and I'm so glad to see it back yeah, yeah. and he played like that his defense like I said I think it's the best defense like stretch of defense I've seen an NBA player play with with the Grizzlies series and now what he did game one here I, it's it's a block party it's he's <laughs> been he's unbeatable doing seriously awesome man. Yeah, crazy. And then the the Vanderbilt also. I could not believe Vanderbilt's defense was 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 crazy. Hey man, he he hit one three, didn't he? Am I making that up? I think so. I don't. May I could I could be entirely making that up. I could be forgetting it over the course of the game. But he was chasing Curry around and just. He had some of the best defensive plays that you'll ever see as well. Both he, of them. It, offensively, he's not giving you a whole ton. He did hit a three. He did. No, We're yes. up. Was he one um, for one? <laughs> no, he's I one hope for three. So. <laughs> Lakers, Lakers shot 24% from three, hit six of Thanks. them in one. Thanks, LeBron. <laughs> LeBron's got to stop <laughs> chucking threes, dude. I worry about the bad ending where LeBron just can't accept his like role as like an off ball. They got to work better. Like, to why get is him he jacking up threes? 
It's like, dude, it's it's like, okay, whether you want to blame it on the foot or the age, whatever, he does not have the quickness to consistently get around Andrew Wiggins. He don't have it. He, he was struggling against Xavier Tillman to consistently, consistently beat him off the edge. Yeah. Okay. If that's the case, fine. You either got to get him mismatches because he's still, when he gets inside, he's still incredibly efficient. He has the best mm-hmm. two-point percentage, I think, uh, in the playoffs of any player. And he's oh, yeah. doing a he's lot of good stuff touch. like cutting to the basket. But enough of just like, I'm up against Andrew Wiggins. I'm going to hold the ball for 10 seconds and then shoot a bad three. It's not I a cold understand. shooting streak. It's like it's just, dude, you're killing him with that, man. And I know when he's healthy or when he's quicker, he gets more space on those because you got to respect them more and they're actually yeah. not bad shots. I, I, you just can't do that all the time, man. Yeah. So. And uh, shout out Brunson for beating the Jimmy Butler-less Knicks. <laughs> he was clutched down the down the stretch for them. And uh, I was a little concerned it was such a tight game. But at the end of the day, a win is a win if you're New York. And they, they could not have dropped that one. Spolstra, hats off for making it close with like Highsmith and Struess and... <laughs> Old ass Kyle Lowry out there in the playoffs Good in the second Lord, round, man. but yeah, it was uh, that one was a uh, much more nail biting than it had any right to be. But shout out Brunson for for being able to get it done at the end. But that's in it. We're we're too long into this, but I yeah. wanted to talk a little bit about that. All right, yeah. Thank you all for tuning in once again, and as always, from your favorite three boys that stay hot. We'll catch you all on the flippity flop. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.